<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm -hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh -huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm -hmm. and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, <laughs> I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Jonathan Collins. Hey, Dave. Hey, John. Did you know that Simply Earth Monthly Recipe Box really is the gift that keeps on giving? You know, I did know that. And you did? Yeah, I did. I did. I've okay. known that for a while now. Not only does it contain a wealth of essential oil knowledge, it's helping us reach our goal of making our home completely toxin-free, John. Well, listen, Dave, and... Okay. Nothing can beat how soothing uh, and relaxing November's box was. Yeah. I can't, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Those winter joy bath salts. Oh, too, too good, good to, to be, be true. true. I knew yep. you were going to say that. After using Simply Earth, I am blown away by how much other competitors sell their essential oils for, John. Oh, I know. God, I know. It's like Mad Max and Thunderdome out there. Everybody's going crazy. Before Simply Earth, I couldn't bring myself to spend ridiculous amounts of money on such a small amount of product. Yeah. Hey, thank goodness for Simply yep. Earth. Yep. Their recipe box is practically a steal. I feel babe. bad. I feel bad using well, it. Well, and you love stealing. I love. I've been a thief my whole life, John. <laughs> you get $150 value and only pay $39 a month. What? Okay, listen, not only will Simply Earth save you money, but their recipe box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free just like just me. Just like yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's as easy as one, two, 
four. Three. No. Whoops. Okay. No, I was going with yeah, three. No. Okay. Sorry. Now, first, you receive the recipe box right at your doorstep. Okay. It includes four pure essential oils. Okay. Six recipe cards. Okay. And extras, if you can even believe I that. wouldn't believe it except that I've seen it with my own eyes. Then, learn how to use your essential oils while making your aromatherapist certified recipes, John. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Last, but certainly not least, save money and detoxify your family's life. It's just like your classic meal subscription kit, but it's way more fun and, of course, less edible. It's less edible. Yeah, I was going to say. Don't yeah. drink them. Don't yeah. drink them. You can also rest easy knowing that Simply Earth's essential oils are 100% and come from the best farms from all over the world. All the best farms, John. And listen, the quality really is bar none. All of Simply Earth's essential oil recipes are tested and tried by their in-house certified, say it with me, aromatherapists. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Mm. See what I did there? Yeah. Have fun making your own home toxin-free with Simply Earth's essential oil recipe box. Order now and get a $40 gift card towards Simply Earth when you subscribe using their URL, simplyearth.com slash dadville. So we here we are at Dadville again. This is a... Um, John, this is confusing because we got double Johns, and so I got to really sort of I got to figure out how we're going to navigate. We should we should work this out. I, JC, our, our guest should be John. J- okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll forego my own name. And you <laughs> I'll gladly take the John. I will accept. You can call me co-host. <laughs> okay. For the duration of this interview. For the rest of the time. Do you ever go by Jonathan? Uh, my mom and my sister, yeah. and occasionally my kids will call me John. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Wait, just, the girls just sort you- of for fun. Because they hear my mom, you know, visit and say it. And then they'll be like, "Uh, Jonathan, where's my backpack? I forget about her backpack. She has a lot of backpacks. Yeah. She's not talking for her And that's my mom I'm talking about. (laughs) So, John, we are... uh, uh, Co-host and I are really excited that you're with, that you're with us today. Genuinely, this is one of those things that I I have I've been really excited to have uh, you on and, and chat and get to hear the, the story of of your Vita Loca. So one of the things that um, we do here on Dadville is we we sort of we give the the background. We call it the brag sheet. All the things mm-hmm. that you've done. And man, this is like this is really fascinating. This was really fun to to read your your sort of. Uh, what's going on and what you've done. So I'm going to read it. Um, buckle up. This is always fun. Uh, co-hosts and I always joke that we're going to, um, this really, I like, I'm actually getting more. I like it. Let's that. write it out. It, it feels it, robotic. It, it hurts a little bit every time you say it, but, <laughs> but it hurts, let's, le- let's it hurts less through. every time I say it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but we always joke that we're going to have people start reading these. We're not going to do that to you because we just think that'd be funny to have someone have to read their own bio. Uh, so born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, which we were talking about, shout out to, uh, to Portland. Uh, and is proud to call Portland home. But uh, from Portland or just like I was born in Portland, area? grew up in the Seattle area, moved back to Portland okay, like 20 okay. years ago. Uh, married for 11 years. Is it, or is it well, you know what? You got this from my website. I, I did. This is old. I've been married oh, gosh, for – y- yesterday I was actually thinking, I need to update my website because <laughs> um, this happens now where people pull that. Um, yeah. Married oh, yeah. for mm, – Oh, boy. Yeah, oh. 18 or 19. Longer oh my gosh, it's that. Years. Wow, so you're going to be able to do a lot of editing here. Yeah. Um, okay, two boys, is that still the truth? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we I don't know if you'd add another one. Okay. Uh, received a BA in Bible and Theology at Multnomah University. Mm-hmm. After working overseas in Christian ministry and then serving for years as a pastor, John stepped in the marketplace to explore digital communication. This is fascinating to me. He started two digital communication companies 
and worked with clients ranging from Google and P&G to Silicon Valley startups and nonprofits. In 2009, John's first company, F... F Oh yeah, Epiphio. 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 That's cool. Introduced the business world to explainer videos. John has a long history of creating shareable videos that spread messages organically on the internet. In early 2016, uh, you ended your participation in the foreign business business ventures to work on Bible Project full time. So, we always ask this: when you hear that, like this is your life, you know, mm. how do you feel hearing that stuff now? Like, where's what do you feel like? How does that make you feel hearing all those things? Uh, great. Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, you probably I feel it. like, well, there's, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much in the last eight years that is not in there. I wrote uh, it. yes, okay. there's, that's an eight year old bio. Um, also, um, I mean, there's tons of stuff that's not in there, but that's a good, yeah, yeah. like broad yeah, strokes. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's generally it. And, uh, that's, that's my life. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> there it is, folks? <laughs> Man, I'd be so embarrassed if um, it if I had to listen to that a lot, though. Like if every time I hung out with someone new, they're like, "Hold on, let me pull this out." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, we get into trouble. Like I remember uh, back when you could hack Wikipedia. One of my friends did that when I was on mm. tour and I was doing a bunch of TV morning things, and and like people would read. He just put completely nefarious information on there so they'd read real time <laughs> like all right we got dave barnes here. now dave you toured with van halen and i was like nope and they'd be like but wikipedia oh, says uh, you did oh and I, I so i i would i had to tell i'd see them pull the sheet up and like as they're like we're three i'd be like don't read off that don't and they'd be like what and i was like two don't yeah hi well dave tell us about yourself and then i was like that's a pro move there um so so you're from uh th this is kind of like i don't know a lot of people that are from the pacific northwest i mm. feel like that's like a that's like a world I don't know and understand. Though I love it, it's mm -hmm. still. I think the prettiest sun and grass I've ever seen was in Eugene, Oregon, one morning. Like I'd played a show, and me and my friend got up. We we're leaving town. We we're getting coffee, and the sun mm. came out, and it was literally like I saw Jesus's face in the clouds, mm -hmm. and he was like, "Look at this!" It was just gorgeous. <laughs> and then a Sasquatch because popped I think up from behind the knoll. <laughs> it's actually scared me. Um, but I, I, so you're from that area though. You, and have you always, I mean, other than your time overseas, you, that that's where you're, that's your, that's your spot. That's mm -hmm. where your people are. This is the spot. Wow. I feel like Portland is Portland and Seattle. Both are super, super cool. But Portland, I'm curious your relationship with your city and its reputation, mm. because Portland has a very respected kind of like, it's cool. Portland is just straight up cool. Okay. Right. Yeah, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. How do you to. feel about that? I mean, we... wait. Did you just hear that answer? <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that's not. And what that's I... the coolest answer you can give. You can be like, "Yeah, I don't." That's really not care. what I get nowadays. I nowadays, I go. People go, "Oh, oh, Portland. Are you okay? Like, are you? <laughs> yeah. Are well, you, that, you know, alive? I was gonna say John Mark's whole right, spin right, on Portland. Right. You would think it's like always on fire, and yeah, people are like right. fighting in the streets. You know. Yeah. He has a very yeah. My but in a cool thing now, and um, I meet someone from out of town. They're like, "You're from Portland. Ooh, what do you think?" I just go, it's quirky. <laughs> That's my answer. Because it go either way. They could be like, I know, right? The yeah, devil. Yeah. Or they yeah. could be like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Lots of coffee. <laughs> yeah. I know, right, dot, 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 the devil. Or, quote, unquote, lots of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so what was it like? What's the family like you're growing up with? Like, what, you got brothers and sisters? Like, you know, what's the dynamic in the... Collins house growing up in, in the north uh, in the northwest. Um, yeah, I've got I'm the oldest of two siblings. Um, okay. 
My sister's here in Portland with us. Uh, with us, my parents moved down. Well, so okay. So I was born in Portland. We all grew up in the Seattle area, and I graduated okay. high school up there. And then I moved back to Portland, and I went to school, okay. and then I just stayed. Um, and when I okay. say Seattle area, it's like the suburbs of Seattle. I yeah. never hung out in Seattle. I was just a sub- okay. suburb kid. So when I moved to a city, yeah. I was like, oh, cities are cool. And then that was like yeah. my city. And so I just stayed and got married. And um, I still have a brother who's in Seattle. He's actually in Seattle okay. now. And then my sister okay. moved down to Portland. My parents are in Portland. Um, Wait, is this does this mean you would have been there? Are you, is this like, are you there for the grunge thing? Is that happening while you're there? The grunge thing? I mean, I know you're in the burbs, but I oh. mean like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nirvana, like, um, totally, yeah, yeah. but I was a sheltered kid. So like, I didn't learn about Nirvana till like 2005. You didn't have those t-shirts. I was like. <laughs> 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 yeah. That was a much. We had, but you know, we had tooth and nail. So. Oh, MX dude. Flex, yes. Like, come on. Yeah. MXDX, oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, that that uh that scene, man. It it is. I can imagine though being one children two in the burbs. You're probably not getting. You know, you're seeing like the 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 uh, iterations of that, whatever version of that. By the time it got to you out in the burbs, it's like you know whatever kid is like mad at his yeah. parents and you know like you're like why is the goodwill full of flannels all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> everywhere um so so uh but like what's the vibe of y'all's house like what's the what's the growing so, up so you said shelter oh. but what's yeah like was it like a pretty like uh rad house you know. um grew up evangelical christian home super conservative dad's a police officer um, oh wow and uh my mom was working for my church that i grew up in at one point and it was just okay. like just the church house um but like that could get real dysfunctional, I think, for some people and for us, it was just mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. chill. Like I, um, yeah, that's cool. I was the youth group hero. You had a good relationship with church. Yeah, I did. I mean, I I was always bored, and um, <laughs> but I just I wasn't good at being cool like outside of church. So <laughs> there are so many sound bites in this interview already. I mean, I'm like I'm already like on the verge of crying laughing i didn't have any other i didn't have any one other i was bored <laughs> yeah. man right, I, re- right. I feel um, that i feel that i feel that and uh and i just wasn't a rebellious kid i didn't have like this mm-hmm. re- this desire to rebel i actually and then in high school um i i had a youth pastor who really helped faith become really relevant to me um, and wow. so that's why I ended up going to Bible college, um, and yeah. was really excited about, I want to, I want to study the Bible and uh, really dig in. I mean, cause I was always in, I was always in for Jesus, but then something clicked where it's like, um, wow. I ask a lot of questions. I, um, want to really understand things at a deep level and, um, super curious kind of person and that didn't ever really jive in my spiritual tradition until, until this Mm -hmm. guy. And then it like all started clicking into gear and it was like, Oh, like this thing can like really make sense of my whole life and could be really beautiful. So that's where open to your questions. Mm -hmm. Like he, he kind of went there with you. And very simpatico and like kind of a, kind of an intellectual and, 
um, didn't give simple answers, but then also like when he believed something like leaned in like kind of mm. aggressively and that was kind of exciting, you know, I was like, mm. Oh, here's someone like taking life seriously. So, um, to college to study, you went to Bible yeah. college to be a pastor. Is that what you were thinking you would do? I think I thought maybe a year and then, um, and I, I just didn't know, like I, um, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do with my life. And then, um, and so being kind of an open bucket or whatever, when I got there, everyone's, you know, it's all focused on Bible and ministry. And and then I got like this real vision of like, oh, the church can be this really cool thing. Like I started getting this vision mm. for, for church. I started listening to this. Um, I'm, I love, I love good communication. Um, so I actually went mm. thinking I was going to be like in the communication program and, um, uh, there was this pastor that I was introduced to and, um, he's this amazing, like communicator. He would tell stories, riff off of movies and different things while reading scripture. And he would do it in this very meandering way where like half the time you're like, what is he talking about? But then towards the end of a sermon, it would all click in and you'd be like, Oh, I get it. And, um, it was the exact opposite of every like three point sermon I've ever heard. And, um, I was like, mm -hmm. that's cool. Like that was like, wow. it, mm -hmm. cause it starts to shape my imagination and then shape everything else from there. And so I started getting this vision for, um, what you could do from the pulpit maybe. Um, and mm. then what that church could be bigger than just maybe my experience with it. And, um, so yeah, I got excited about about pastor stuff. And I did that for a year. And then I realized mm. <laughs> I was like in my early twenties and I was, I was, um, yeah, I was the Sunday night. Pa Do you, this is like, you, you probably experienced something yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. Like the, oh, yeah. all the kids like oh, get yeah. together and they're like, we're going to do our own church. And, um, they're like, fine, you have Sunday night. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give him Sunday night. Yeah, John, you can have Sunday night. Ten forty-five to eleven thirty. You got it. <laughs> oh god. So like, I I had the Sunday night service, and um, and it became like its own thing, and it was cool. Um, mm -hmm. and but uh, but two things happened. One, I was like, I am way too young. I was like twenty-three or twenty-four, and I'm like giving sermons, yeah. and people are coming in for marriage counseling, and I'm like, here's how you. I I just was like. I felt really <laughs> ill-prepared and, um, and I felt myself kind of becoming two different people. I felt myself like becoming like, wow, the guy I was supposed to be pastor John. And then, um, and then a guy that I couldn't like, didn't fit that anymore. And that was uncomfortable. And, um, and then it became really clear that this like Sunday night service, we became so separate from Sunday morning. It was just a, it was, it was dysfunctional. So I w I came to elders and I was like, mm. uh, we need to either become one church, like really feel like one church again, or this needs to be a church plant. And I, and I can't do either. Oh, wow. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> that's <a> also, <laughs> that's a lot of wisdom for, for a, excuse me, for uh, a 23 year old that to have that kind of wherewithal, like not only to, to recognize sort of what's happening mm. internally that might be retrospect you know, sort of becoming these be two different people 
<laughs> well, let's just say, we'll edit that, what you just said out. We'll just say that. But that requires a lot of wisdom. I, don't, I, didn't, yeah. I definitely didn't have that kind of wherewithal when I was 23. Yeah, I mean, that is impressive. I think that for whatever reason you did it, for whatever reason, not to, because I think the temptation is always like, Ooh, power, you know, and uh, sort of like <laughs> lean into like, oh, I like how this feels. But instead, whatever that was, be it the spirit, you know, unbeknownst to you at the time, something going like, this doesn't feel like something I need to keep doing. That's mm. really interesting. Yeah. So what happened? So like, what, did you did it just fold or did you just kind of throw the deuce and say, y'all figured out what <laughs> happened? Uh, so a guy came in who um, a friend, a mentor of mine during that time period who actually kind of started the service in a way hmm. and that's a whole backstory but um he had left to go uh to masters which is like a seminary in mm -hmm. southern california mm -hmm. and then he had just come back and so he had been back for like three months or something and um was was sort of around um and so i came to him and i was like hey um here's the deal. And he's like, well, that's cool because I want to plant a church. And so, Oh wow. He, um, he took over. Um, well oh, actually it's amazing. a really, I mean, it's a funnier story. It's a longer, more interesting story, but in the end he ended up taking that planting a church. I, I went with it for just like a month and then went okay. and, um, started going to another church with my, my wife. Um, so is that when you started, uh, when you ventured into the business space yeah. and started these communication companies? Right, because that same guy, his name's Paul, really, really wonderful dude. Um, he started a, a skateboard ministry in Portland called Skate Church. And that's where actually me and Tim Mackey, who I work at Bible Project with, met. Tim Mackey actually no started, way. Following, skate yeah, church. started following Jesus at Skate Church. And I, it was like across the street from Multnomah, where we went to school, where I uh -huh. went to school, mm -hmm. and Tim eventually started going to school. Um, or actually, he went there first. <laughs> He's older than me. <laughs> but he went to skate church first, then went to school. I went to that school, and then I started going to skate church. That's what I meant to say. Oh, wow. Um, and um, anyways, across the street, I would go, and I would just help the ministry. And um, so he became, like, the founder of skate church, became, you know, a mentor oh, wow. kind of guy. And um, it was that community of skateboarders who and their friends who started the Sunday night service. Because oh, wow. this church, super old church, gave the parking lot for a skateboard ministry. And then it became this requirement that if you were going to help skate church, you had to go to this church. But the church oh, wow. was so mm -hmm. old. <laughs> oh, and that's why it felt so yeah, different. Yeah, so there was just like this rebellion. Makes, All the skateboarders yes, were like, okay, yes. we'll go to church, but what if we did it ourselves? And that became Sunday that's night. That's amazing. So, um uh-huh anyway so he came back he planted that church why am i telling you all this um skateboard anyway <laughs> starting your own company oh yes start my own company yeah. so paul goes um what are you gonna do you're not gonna be a pastor i was like well i don't know and then he said if you if money wasn't an option right now huh. what would you do which is like a really wow. cool question right a really yeah. empowering question and um and at that point and i don't remember exactly why but it was partly because I'm, I was really love communication. Oh, partly because I don't know if you guys remember like Rob Bell's Numas. Um, yes. He was making the these really cool kind of high production. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Teachy. Those things were so yeah, cool. They're really cool. He would just be in a forest somewhere. <laughs> I was always like, all right, sure, man. Just being Rob <laughs> okay. Bell in a forest. 
<laughs> just being Rob Pill in a uh, forest. And cut. We got it. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, done. I done. was really enamored with how he was able to like break down really cool concepts on film. Mm. And um, yeah. so I started getting this imagination for uh, for that. And so I told Paul, I was like, you know what I think I'd like to do is documentaries. Because oh, wow. I don't have to be the guy who has all the answers and pretend I understand everything like I had been for the last year. <laughs> um, yeah. But then I get to chase down really cool ideas, people who have thought about it much more deeply, and then try to explain them. So I was like, that sounds awesome, documentaries. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, do you, do you know how to do it, that? And I was like, well, no. Um, and, and he said, well, you know what? I need, I need like a promo video for Skate Church, and I need like a... Um, he had this really old VHS, like what they called it. They called it the how-to tape because because ministries all over the country would ask, like, how do we start a skate church? And so he has had this like VHS tape of like how to start a skate church. And he goes, it'd be cool to maybe redo that. So um, so he hired me to do it, and uh, which was rad. And so I just like got equipment and I just started learning, and that was my first gig. And then from there, I just started doing more and more media stuff. Um, and freelance media stuff, mostly for nonprofits and ministries. Um, found that I was really good at editing, really bad at actually capturing mm-hmm. video. Like, wasn't really a good mm. DP. Mm-hmm. Which are two really different things. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know that people know that, but that's wildly totally. different skill sets. So I could really craft a really amazing, I thought amazing, like, piece but i would like be yeah i'd be looking at all my footage and I'd be like oh this is all gross um and so i uh <laughs> gross. man i know that feeling <laughs> every music video i've ever done in my mm. life mm-hmm. god no amount of editing is going to save this <laughs> uh yeah. so that's where i started learning how to like take art um at first it was really basic mm. just whatever i could find and or topography and and then just use that to like help me tell the story, pictures, different mm. things. And that eventually became these kind of proto explainer videos. What be, um, yeah. mm-hmm. And explainer videos weren't really a thing yet. So I was like kind of right at the cusp of it. That's and amazing. So, um, ended up making a video for an organization called Advent Conspiracy. And it was all just text on screen moving around bouncing around spinning around doing things so you're just reading along and uh it was very novel at that point and i was just mimicking something else we saw so i didn't like invent this thing and um uh and that went viral and then i went back to my youth pastor who um he had moved away and started becoming very entrepreneurial and he had like started all these little like internet businesses and stuff and i was like hey man how do you actually start a business like i'm doing this but i'm not really making money and making ends meet like how do you do that and then he saw the work i was doing he's like whoa this is really cool like i'll do this with you and he had his vision for like he really helped identify like what we were doing what i was doing at that point was when you were able to explain some a really complicated idea quickly um and then it was shareable you're helping kind of create these paradigm shifts for people. Um, wow. And, um, and it's just so powerful. And for him, huh. too, as a, mm-hmm. as a Christian who understands the power of ideas and being able to help so- shift someone's mind quickly was like, this is, this, 
this is important. Like, let's do this. We're um, on to something. Yeah. And so that's why, that's where we started Epiphio, which is just like a epiphany and video. And it's a ridiculous name and you couldn't pronounce it. And <laughs> you're, you're forgiven. It also sounds like an amazing, like sort of like new metal dude. <laughs> Like where everything is super precise oh, and yeah. everybody's this hitting math everything rock. all at the same time. Oh, yes, math rock. It's amazing. <laughs> That's a yeah. great term. <laughs> Man. Dave, Jeez, yeah. I want to give a shout out. Yeah. And when I give a shout out, I always I laugh because it just brings me so much joy you to give a shout out to Claritin yes. Yes. for supporting this episode and providing us with free oh, samples. You know it, John. This time of year, my allergies are in fuego they're mm-hmm. always on the attack but i use this and you should too oh i do dave every day in our house yeah. luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies we can live claritin clear with claritin d designed for serious allergy sufferers which is, this is me raising my hand claritin d has two powerful ingredients in just one pill to relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better this double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion, and pressure with ease. John, I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for a long time, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for a run without my eyes watering. I may be crying, but it's not sure, from allergies. Totally different. And I can sing without feeling like I have like a big old, let's not even call it a frog. It's, a, it's like a toad. It's like a family of toads. It's a family. It's a turtle. Yeah. In my so you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? Yeah, me. I'm it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey, John. Hey, Dave. Hey, John. Hey, Dave. Nothing beats a good old cup of joe in the morning. Oh, right? man. Not only are you right, yep. but you can say that again. <laughs> Nothing beats a good no, old no, no. cup of... No, it's just an expression. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you haven't had your coffee this there morning. There it is. There it know. is. Gosh, so true. You know, yeah. just the other day, I've had the best coffee in my life, I realized, that morning. I thought I got emotional. I sat in the yoga position for about six hours, and I stood up knowing something's different about me. Well, that's just a Tuesday for you. That's, that's fair, but still... No. Don't tell me, though, that you ordered that triple venti, half-sweet, non-fat pumpkin spice latte again. Yeah, it's... I brewed a pot. No, that's not... I want to first acknowledge that you're wrong. I didn't do okay. that. Okay. okay. Your judgment stings, yeah. and I don't appreciate it. I actually brewed a pot of Methodical's Coffee Belly Warmer Blend. Mm. <laughs> belly warming mm. till the sun goes down. Methodical roasts their coffee to best express the life it lived. The place, the weather, the soil, and to honor the skilled people who cultivated it. That sounds a lot better than that pumpkin spice it, nonsense. Get out of here Dave. with that. Get out of here with it. Well, Dave, you know I love you do. Methodical Coffee. Yep. Yep. I use their subscription service, Listen, which is I, amazing. It's incredible, and it really is delicious. Methodical's Belly Warmer Blend is bold with hints of dark chocolate and almond butter, which was our, when we had a rap duo. Oh, man. I was DC and you were AB. We were lightning in a bottle for oh. a minute. Methodical offers a wide variety of flavor profiles that range from the classics that are bold and chocolatey, mm-hmm. contemporary that are medium bodied and fruity, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and then all the way to the avant garde. They just push those conditions. Always pushing. And it's voted one of the best roasters in America by Gear Patrol. Amazing. As they should. Yeah. Visit www.methodicalcoffee for more information and use the discount code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order. 
And so is that is that sort of the beginnings? I mean, because what's so funny when I think of the Bible Project, I think of the podcast, which I know the videos are really yes. the genesis, pun intended, of the whole thing where, you know, so is that sort of the beginnings of that? Is that sort of where that starts to spark? Yeah. Is, is that you've got these sort of explainer videos that are really catching and then... Did you do like a video that was sort of the first like launch for the Bible project mm -hmm. idea or did y'all have the idea and then you made one of those videos? Yeah, um, I, I thought it would be really cool to start making theology videos um, mm. because I just like really learned the craft. I'd been doing it for years now, doing it for yeah. like technology companies mainly. And yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so wanted to circle back in a way and just be like, hey, how, like, I still want to keep exploring and understanding the Bible better. Um, and um, it'd be cool to have a YouTube channel that just did like theology. Hmm. And so um, I, my, my buddy Tim had moved back to Portland at that time. And he was a guy that I loved to talk about the Bible with. And so I pitched to him, like, what if, well, I, I knew I could make the videos and I could write the videos, but then I knew I would, I would get things wrong. And then the internet would, would be mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a sensitive guy. <laughs> and then the internet would be mean to me. <laughs> and so, and so I was like, Tim, can, that can you help me? And um, if the internet's mean, I'll just blame you. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah>. It's genius. <laughs> and um, I knew that Tim was a smart dude who got the Bible because I loved talking to, about the Bible with him. And I loved how yeah. nuanced he was. And I loved how he like redirected my questions to more interesting questions. And he never made me feel stupid. And he made the Bible come to life as kind of like art mm. in a way that was yeah. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because I grew up in this like tradition where the Bible is God's word. And if you ever try to turn it into something that feels more human, like that's. Yes. That's a, well said. That's problem. really well said. And art is a very human right. thing. Um, literary art. And um, so anyways, and, and he goes, you know, here's 150 videos I would make. Like we, we could start writing right now. Jeez. And I was like, okay, let's do that. And uh, so we made two of those <laughs> as it's just like a pilot and put them up on YouTube with a crowdfunding model of like, hey, we'll make we'll make more of these. If OK, you want. OK. And um, our mutual friend, Beth Gee, um, he, uh, oh, yeah. he yeah. was like a bit big into YouTube at that time. And um, he he posted it. So he was like kind of like the one like YouTube star guy who kind of helped. And immediately, like within a week, we funded the next video and um geez and then things just start rolling from there did you did y'all both have other gigs yeah. at the time still yeah he like, was he'd come back to portland and he was a pastor at church and um okay. so he, he was just doing it on the side his church kind of like donated okay. half a day a week to work on the project which was really cool and then i mm -hmm. um i had the two businesses one i was pretty passive in i just i was just on the board and it um the other one i had basically would just kind of quit. I just was like, I'm tired of this guys. And it wasn't really going anywhere. And so I didn't have really anything to do. Um, otherwise. Um, so I was able just to kind of work on it, lean into it. And is it still like now, um, uh, 
is it both yeah. of your full-time gigs or do y'all still yeah it man okay um it it's gone it's crazy oh i know well i can't imagine obviously that y'all I, y'all would but for some reason i thought tim was maybe still oh. preaching uh, he he, he does not? adjunct teaching um but even oh, okay, that okay, it's like okay. one class a year i think and even there I'm, oh, okay. I, okay. I don't know if he's going to keep doing it um so okay yeah we um it's it's a lot we're doing a lot now so <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> the bible pressure it's a lot <laughs> for people who who haven't seen the videos i mean you should stop the podcast and go yes look my up goodness gracious. Some of these vi- the videos are amazing i mean they have been have really been impacted by hmm. the work that you guys have done truly thank you co-host um <laughs> <laughs> thank you mr co-host feels so good to almost be seen and acknowledged um but i'm curious you know, anybody who has dabbled in animation on any level knows it is such a time-consuming, like, laborious kind of, thing, you know, um, endeavor. Like, I just, I'm just curious, as I watch these videos, how many people are involved with any given videos? How long does it take you guys to make one of these videos? What's the full arc of um, that? So... I mean, it really depends on the video, but um, maybe like five to fifteen people touch a video, depending on the vi- on the video. Um, wow! And uh, so, a really simple stripped down video, and we do these every once in a while. We call them doodle style videos, um, and they're fun because yeah. they're like they end up being just really informal, and there's more humor in them. So, so those you know, we can make them faster and there's less people, but every video begins with Tim and I looking over his notes. Like he comes with like pages of like Google doc of just like, here's let's, here's everything about whatever the topic is. And, um, we will just kind of crawl through that and I'll just ask him questions until I feel like I understand it enough to then go and write the first draft of a script explaining it to you he's serving as like the video to you i'm like his one student in this like private seminary wow and then like you said then but then you (laughs) private seminary sounds like an amazing i don't know if that's a a horror film or yeah math (laughs) it's always a private seminary um but like uh so but then you said you take that and then you write the script so you're you're taking those notes and kind of going most of the time i'll write the first draft and then we'll go back and forth um and at least at first that's how always was and tim sometimes takes the first draft of scripts nowadays but um it depends but most of the time it's me and um so that conversation that we would have um that's what our podcast is yeah Ah. and um so at some point we decided let's turn on a mic. So and so literally that's like, what it is. Like y'all aren't that's that's very literally what those are. Like you aren't you aren't yeah. prepping for the podcast. He is. Yeah. He preps. That's a sweet gig for you. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. So so you literally are putting up mics and so what we're hearing in that podcast is the very real sort of brainstorming putting together what it's going to be and then that yeah. is what turns into the videos. Yeah, a lot of times when we start actually brainstorming the script, we'll cut that yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. But like when we are just talking through his notes and I'm asking questions, that and is he's amazing. Teaching, that's just 
the podcast. That's really cool. Um, and I do go in blind because um, one, I am lazy, <laughs> sure. and I don't one sure. I don't want to do a lot of prep. <laughs> See, um, and that's so wise but, that you're aware of that. Yeah, again, like twenty-three-year-old John. There's a through. real, yeah. There's a real consistency here of your ability to know yourself well. But two, I think more importantly is, um, I'm trying to be the audience yes. member because everyone yes. else yes. is coming yes, in blind too. Right. So I'm trying to anticipate, like, well, I don't even have to because I, I am that person at that point of like, what's everyone else thinking? So the podcast became a big part of everything, kind of unexpectedly for us because it was just part of our process, and I thought. I loved podcasts back then. We started it six years ago mm. or something. And at that point, podcasts had been around for a decade, mm-hmm. but like we're still, you know, I don't know. When did you start this one? First episode out about a year and a half ago, but we started it. We started, you know, talking about it and recording stuff maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like so six years ago sounds like, oh, that's an ancient, right. that's ancient. But yeah, there's um, still been some before then. I was listening to podcasts back in early 2000s. Yeah. First podcast. What's the first podcast you'd ever like oh, listen? Like, John, listen now, this is not a fair for question for co-host because he's been listening to podcasts for. He was well, my. I, no, I had he a, was my. He was my um, dealer. Yeah. Well, and then okay. you know, of course, I had a dealer. My friend Dylan Williams. He was listening to podcasts probably when you started listening to. I mean, like eight years before yeah. I listened to a podcast, he would be listening to podcasts, and like the driest, yeah. uh, you know. He was listening to, um, and that's how you make coffee. Like, okay. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, what, what is it called? Stuff, <laughs> stuff you know, stuff, stuff you, you should know. know. I think that was one of them, and, yeah. I, and I think that was the first podcast I listened, I listened to, to, maybe, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. John, John is yeah. like co-host. John is he was the one that sort of like messed my whole thing up because I just listen to music all the time, mm-hmm. and he's like, I really think you'd mm-hmm. like podcasts. And I was like, I don't know, man, like. You know, it just feels like a big commitment. And man, it was like, is it as good as music? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's music without music. Um, um, but I, do you guys ever listen to? Uh, so the first podcast I listened to was podcast. Well, I missed the joke. Music without music. Podcast. It's like music without all the music. It's like music without the music. Um, yeah, it, it is. But but it is crazy how much it's become. And honestly, for me, Bible Project was not the first, but I think it was like. It was one of the first things that I thought, oh, there's a way to use this time that's not, that's actually productive. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I think that was my struggle yeah. was feeling like being a musician and a songwriter. I was like, I like listening to music because it tends to birth other music for me. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. passive, but it's also quasi productive. Like, I can hear a song and go, ooh, I want to write something like that. Or that makes me think of that. That'd be a cool drum group to write to or whatever. Um, and then, you know, mm-hmm. I think Bible Project was one of those first times that I was like oh like when I'm running I can listen to something that's one making me not think about the fact that I'm running and then two like I'll get done with and go man those that was cool to think about like I didn't know that or you know it was introduction to something that was um you know and I think that was John's whole point is he was like no no like you can it's not just like listening to (laughs) one of my favorite (laughs) jokes ever on Twitter is (laughs) what do you call a gathering of two or more white people and they said a podcast and and I think there was there was something that really resonated with me about that I was like I just don't know about that world but it, truthfully you know uh what you guys are doing was sort of one of my intros into like oh okay it can also sort of be like a, a less like something you'd learn from 
Um, which, mm. you know, that, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, John, is like when y'all, it, there's a real weight in a beautiful way to what y'all are doing. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not just um, wonderfully engaging and entertaining because of videos and even the podcast. I think that's something that I appreciate so much about y'all is that there is still humor. You know, I think yeah. to your point about the way you grew up, grew up in the church. And I think for mm. a lot of us, it definitely felt like one sort of version of something, which was like, here it is. We don't, you know, God's not funny. Mm. Jesus doesn't laugh. This is sort of what, mm -hmm. what the gospel is. And I think something that's so engaging and so endearing about y'all and your relationship and the way y'all see the Bible is that you do laugh. And, and there's a real space for not knowing something. There's a space for holding sort of mm. tension in things. But there's also, mm. like, you can laugh about something that's either sort of ridiculous or funny or your misunderstanding of something. But, you know, it's 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 a heavy thing. It's like you're really taking on something that matters infinitely. Um, I mean, do y'all do feel that weight in these things? Is there a real sense of like, man, we got to sort of land this right or we could send disinformation out to our listeners <laughs> that could be potentially really problematic, you know? Uh, well... Probably not as much as we should. <laughs> now that I say that, you just stare that you're like sitting there and just the not blinking time, for like yeah. a minute. There's, some, there's something kind of wonderful about podcasting where um, we go into a room and we have a conversation and it just really feels like Tim and I having a conversation. And as much as I like know other people are going to be listening, I just, we're not thinking about, it's not like, I, it's not like, you know, you're a musician, so you play live a lot. And there's something way different about being on a stage and you see everyone and then they see you mm -hmm. and it's just a whole nother thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so um, I know I can look at the numbers and know like, oh, that's like if everyone was in a stadium, that would be a massive stadium. But um, but it feels very intimate yes. and to ourselves. And so it kind of just feels like no big deal. Yeah, And we right. just like... So we don't end up obsessing too much. Also with the podcast, we found that we get a ton of grace. Like we obsess about the videos, like every word, every way we think about things. This is like, this is Bible project stance and, we're, mm -hmm. and Bible project wants to be very orthodox and ecumenical. Yeah. And we really want to balance um, between traditions and be faithful to what the Bible really is. And that's, you know, we take that really seriously, but then the podcast we give ourselves permission. We're just, we're feeling it out. Yes. Yes. Right? So that's great. Whenever someone comes and yeah. complains about something we said on the podcast, we're just like, that's just two guys trying to figure it out. Yes. Like, that's, right. that's great. I love like watch that. the video that we made. And then if you're worried about us still, then let us know. Well, and I, I, I think that's so great because it's, it, it's, uh, it's great for people to know that that's sort of part of the process, the podcast. I mean, like yeah. that's where you're starting. You're starting in a, in a imperfect informal you know curious kind of way mm -hmm. and then you know hopefully you end up with something that it, that holds up but i'm i'm curious that th there must be uh is there tension ever in the t tension not in a bad way but tension within bible project when you're making these videos do you always arrive at like a unanimous consensus before you mm. put the video out or are there videos where, you know, a couple of the people are like, we're still kind of at odds about the nuances of it. No, we've always felt good when we put a video out and there's a few things. There's a, you know, a short list of things that we would change in our library videos mm -hmm. now. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, 
And, uh, but for the most part, yeah, I think we, we, we've never, we've never released a video going, well, well, We'll right, right. Yeah, no, that was one of my questions I wanted to ask was, was, is, was there ever a video you put out and then, you know, got to a deeper understanding of it and then wanted to go, you know, amend the video or something like that? Um, all the things that we would amend are partly from just maybe knowing how we maybe miscommunicated yeah. what we intended to communicate wow. mm, or wow. it's just things where we're just like oh we didn't realize that would land that way right um so there are a few th oh, i'm trying to think there there might be a few things where tim like especially with his overview videos of a book of the bible he might have learned something he's like oh i would do that different i would but then it becomes very like i would that literary break would be on this verse, not this verse. And yeah, you know, yeah, right. No, yeah, like right. church splits are happening. Right. So, right. Um, <laughs> we like in one video, um, it's one of those doodle style videos that I was talking about. We, we showed God as like this kind of like white guy in a robe with a, with a fluffy beard. And, um, we wouldn't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I'm assuming the beard part, yeah, it would just be a little more a trimmed clean up. Shaven guy, <laughs> he's got a mustache. Maybe <laughs> there is there is a passage in Ezekiel where God is described as like an old man with a beard. He wouldn't be white, but the reason why he was white, to my defense, was that it, it would they were doodles and none of them had color. I mean, they were not yeah, white. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like right, yeah, yeah. yeah. clear. Well, you know, clear. One thing that that I read actually uh, prepping for this interview i read that all that the style of animation is very intentional like it depending on the subject matter like if it's a really heavy something really heavy you might counterbalance it with with the animation being a little more doodle style and hmm. vice versa hmm. which i thought yeah. was really uh really fascinating you know you don't think about that as the consumer you're just watching these videos but um i thought it was interesting that that level of you know intentionality goes into it yeah one of the most intense videos we have is day of the lord um mm -hmm. you know that phrase day of the lord in the bible and it's always around just like the creation like falling apart and um and blood and violence and it's intense mm. and um so yeah we used the doodle style and it just brought a, it brought a sense of just kind of yeah. levity to it not Le that yes that's the exact right thing to do necessarily but yeah. um it felt like that was the best tact for us at, for for the topic at that time <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. gosh i didn't know you could stretch that far that's amazing i can't that's actually a friend of mine <laughs> oh, yeah. wow wow do you speaking of your friends do uh -huh. you ever bring your kids to the grocery store oh dave that's like the rookiest of rookie mistakes oh. No. In fact, you shouldn't even bring yourself to the grocery store. Whoa. It's Thrive Market all the way, Dave. That was a trick question, and that is also uh. the right answer, John. <laughs> Thrive Market is our go-to for all our grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of ordering everything on their website or app and getting everything delivered to your doorstep quickly is a huge stress reliever. Huge stress reliever. And the products are amazing. Mm -hmm. Plus, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks 
and trust that you're getting high quality products mm. so that you can shop worry free. Yes. I don't like to shop worried. You know what <laughs> I mean? Ah, worry shopping is the worst. <laughs> You just place an order for some gluten-free items, like using the gluten-free filter. Ooh. Boom. It just gives you all the gluten-free stuff. Wow. I got FitJoy grain-free pretzels. Yeah. P.I.P. corn white cheddar cheese balls. Guys, for those of us in the loop, it's called pip corn. No, no, no I call it P.I.P. It's, a, again, a Midwestern okay. regional thing. <laughs> totally. And I got some lotus ramen noodles. You are off. You're just off. The, I'm you're, off you're to cra- the races, You are Dave. crazy, John. <laughs> Not only do I save time shopping as a Thrive Market member, I also save money on every single grocery order. Over 30% each time on average. That's crazy. They even have a price match guarantee and a deals page that changes weekly. That's right, Dave. In fact, on my last order, not to be you know competitive about it, but my last order of gluten-free items, the cost was $46. And I saved 11 bucks. <sighs> Save ten last time. Plus, when you join Thrive Market, and you can enjoy it and join it, John. I was trying to make both those. It's words not work. an either or. It's, you can, guys. It's choose your own adventure, okay? And when you join and enjoy Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com/dadville for thirty percent off your first order plus free sixty dollar gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrivemarket.com slash dadville. And join today. Hey, Dave. Hey, Johnny. Whoa. Yeah. You know, Dave, there's really nothing I love more than receiving high quality, comfy socks over Christmas. And boy, how things have changed. Oh, my goodness. Right. Whether stuffed in my stocking mm-hmm. or wrapped under the tree. Yep. I don't care. I'm yep. telling you, it never gets old. Yep. Especially when that special someone pulls out all the stops and they get you grip six wool socks. You there. rhymed at the end there, John. You can't help it. That's what you you no. came up rhyming. You're going to do it till you die. I feel like socks get a bad rap. Oh, see what I did there? Rhyming. Rap. The rap. <laughs> Come there on during go. the holidays. But I'm 100,000% with you. Any husband, brother, son-in-law, or any member of the family should be so lucky to get a, pa- a pack and a pair. That was I was doing Pierre Piac. <laughs> a pack. A Pierre Piac of Grip Six's wool socks. I mean, they're made of fine Rocky Mountain merino wool. Oh, jeez. And they're like all Grip Six products. Yep. They're sourced right, right in the USA. Can I tell you one thing I love about them too? What's that? I love that their socks are made with four-season technology. That's one of my favorite things. Too. It is, yeah. Yep. Perfect for shoes and boots and keeping your feet comfortable both cold and and warm warm weather. yeah yeah yep. though we could go on and on and on and to the on break of dawn, to yes. the break of dawn yep. dave about yep. grip six's antibacterial and antimicrobial Whoa. socks they also make a slew of other useful products like wallets and belts yeah all with grip six's patented and minimalistic sleek design the socks wallets and belts all come with how how much of a guarantee john i'm gonna say 50 years no! Lifetime, Lifetime. You silly goose. That's what are incredible. you doing over there? Visit Grip6.com today to check out all their innovative and 100% USA-made products that they offer. Shop for yourself or a loved one. There's something for everyone, especially those of you who value function, sleek look and feel, and highest quality products. That's Grip6.com to get started shopping today. What do you, I mean, this could be, you know, a two-hour answer, but 
when you think about the work y'all are doing, like what are there things that you feel like you've learned that were very seismic moments? Mm. You know what I mean? Things mm-hmm. that, cause I think you, you've got such a, I envy your career in so many ways. Cause I'm like, what a great thing to just spend your life studying, not just studying the Bible, but then trying to make it tangible to people. Like what a gift of a, I'm sure it's got a million mm. things that would be annoying and hard and exhausting. But I mean, do you, do you, are there things that you can think of? You're like, wow, that was a moment of change for me learning this thing or teaching this thing. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is, um, it's a big thing. It's like, is the story of the Bible about going to heaven when you die? Wow. Um, and, wow. uh, kind of right off the bat, we did this video called, he- um, heaven and earth. And we're just like, Hey, the story of the Bible is about earth uniting with heaven and mm. a new earth mm. and new humanity recreation on earth. And wow. that's a big shift. And it's huge. Um, yeah. And then, um, is the story of the Bible about, well, I think I unintentionally was taught that like Christianity was just about being good because you should be thankful that God's putting up with you. Huh? And, um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great way to put it. <laughs> keep your nose clean and just be thankful. And, Carry uh, on. if I were listening to this podcast right now, I would rewind and just listen to that phrase one more time. Cause that yeah. hits so close to home. <laughs> um, so, what the biggest the biggest cataclysmic thing for me with bible project mm. is understanding what genesis 1 god creating humans as his image and mm. that becoming a foundational thing to the entire story of the bible um which which is god actually a, he created us you know, he created all the animals and then he created like this different type of animal. And we're just, we are, we're kind of just like these bumbling mammals. But then he was like, and you are my image. Mm. Um, and I knew that, like I'd been, I'd heard that sermon, but like for me, I didn't fully understand that. And I thought maybe that had something to do with our rationality that we mm. can think mm-hmm. more clear than like dogs. And so like, and we could do math and stuff. And, um, <laughs> quote, unquote. yeah. <laughs> and so like, that's, you know, so we're closer to being like God in that way. And that's what being mm. his image means. And so good for us, but, um, that also mm. gets us in trouble. Um, and, uh, but what, you know, Tim kind of showed me was like, look, b- image, that's the same word in Hebrew as idol. It's exact same word. So wow. in the Bible, God commanded his people do not make any idols of me. And What's interesting is God made an idol of himself, humans. Huh. And he's, and he, and when he made this representation of him, that's what an idol is. He said, rule the earth. So you get this like story in the first chapter of the Bible where God is the ruler creating order and out of chaos. And then he creates these creatures and he goes, you guys, you're now on team God. Like you're my partner, you're my image and you're going to rule on my behalf. And then you get like, you know, Psalm eight, where the psalmist is like, what, what humans like they're, Hmm. why would you do that? Like we're lower than the angels. And you've like given us this 
grand task. Like this is crazy. And, um, so that I never really onboarded that. Like, it's not the story of God just putting up with me because he likes it when I sing to him. Like he, he actually wants to partner with humanity to rule the cosmos. Like that's mm. crazy. And yeah. the reason I need to be rescued isn't because he gets irritated that like I, you know, do bad things. It's because like he needs a faithful partner. Mm. And, uh, so that's been the biggest shift for me is just understanding mm, what it means is. to be the image of God. You know, yeah. two quick thoughts. That one, I think it that that one thought um, informs a million things about how we think of the value of our humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, like it gives so much um, importance to us being who we yeah. are, and and it doesn't demean our human bodies, or it actually gives this incredible right. Um, yeah. Importance, put, which is really cool. It is. You know? Yeah, because you put those two things together where, like, I kind of had this vision of we zap out of our human bodies into some other celestial yes. space. This is just a holding tank. Versus when God created his image, like, he created us with bodies. Like, he wanted That's an embodied nuts. image. And when there's new creation, we will have bodies. And um, Yes. Well, I was just going to say to compliment you, too, which which is exactly, it's literally perfectly dovetail joints in my second thought about that is when I was, you know, I remember probably a year, year and a half ago, I was thinking a lot about heaven stuff. I just found myself mm -hmm. thinking a lot about what does that mean? And, and uh, as I look and the first thing I did was I, I, I got on podcasts and just started looking for y'all's episodes around that. Cause I, mm -hmm. I thought these guys are going to have a cool, I want to hear what their take on this is. And, and it's exactly what it, it had the same effect on me. I think that it did mm -hmm. on you here and you guys walk through that because it's just such a beautiful, it was just such a different take than I had thought about, you know, not like, you know, all of a sudden we're up in some place and we're floating around. Can you like put your hand through my body? I don't know how that works, you yeah. know? And, and, and then to go, no, no, no. Like God's plan is to one redeem earth. Yeah. Like he's going to restore yeah. it and we're going to be here. Yeah. And then hearing y'all kind of riff on that idea was just so, I remember like, I remember where I was, like, I remember where I was That's driving because cool. that was such a huge moment for me to think like, Oh my gosh, like this, and Tim, I remember both of y'all talking about this. I think Tim even said like, who knows how different it's really going to be, you know, like, yeah. will we kind of walk around and see our friend? I mean, like maybe, and that was like, whoa, <laughs> like, hold on. Like, yeah. Cause I think, you know, which is funny to hear a musician say, but the idea of me, which I think you even laughed about both of y'all, like, but the idea of me be like forever singing, I'm like, eh, eh, I've done a lot I'm of here. Where's like, the worship <laughs> session? Yeah, like, you know, so I think just to hear it's like, you know, and it really gives to an interesting thought about how God had a plan for this that got disrupted. That's probably not far from what that obviously is happening now. I mean, it's, this is a very disjointed version of it, but it's it was started the same way, though. You know, what I mean, it's not like God had an idea for heaven. Right. And then he's like, and then here's earth. He's like, no, no, this it started right. It just got right. wrong. But we're still on this yeah. thing. We're still people. Right. You know, yeah. which is really interesting. That was such a. Well, and the closest yeah, picture we have of what more. it might be like is Jesus's resurrection, resurrected body. Yes. Which yeah. is like, it's very crypt. I mean, there's a couple stories, right? He like walks like into a room kind of magically. Yes. Yes. Just kind of materializes, yes. but then he's like eats food and you could touch him. And, um, so yeah, like 
and the scars, which is nuts. Like, how do you explain? You know, the fact that Thomas, so in God's restored, right. Jesus' restored body, Thomas is like, I don't believe you. Yeah. He's like, well, here's, here's the scars. The scars. Yeah. And you're like, well, isn't that your restored body? He's, he's like, like, I yeah. kept them. Like, that's Souvenirs. Stuff. Wouldn't you want to touch that up a little bit? I didn't upgrade. I didn't upgrade. I could have. There's a much nicer wrist I could have had, but I like these. You know, it's sentimental. You can flip your hand around. I don't want yes, yeah, but that's that's incredible. So so so, how has this with you being a dad? Like, how is oh, this, yeah, this is the dad father podcast? <laughs> I know we got to get touch on this a little bit. <laughs> but like, how is that informing? I'm I'm sure again, this, these are terrible questions because I'm sure you're like, well, how much time do you have? But like. What what are the things that have been sort of the most, um, you know, uh, informative? The things you that have that have sort of impactful with with your kids, like that you've learned or you find yourself thinking about. Well, I uh, my kids are now ten and eight, and it's a cool age. I really like it. Yeah, that's um, ours too. I think because I was. My experience was being given, uh, I think, a version of Christianity that, I mean, I'm very grateful for having grown up in the church and with my family yeah. and um, being introduced to Jesus very young and like just all the things. Like I, But like there was something though about like, I just didn't really like, I had having been given something that I felt was incomplete and in some mm -hmm. ways misinformed and in some very crucial ways. And so I, yeah. with young kids, I felt a little paralyzed, kind of like, I don't, I think it would be better to not give them anything than to give them like what I have now. Cause I, cause whatever version yeah. of the things huh. I have now, I'm sure is not very legit either and uh um, yeah, yeah. so but then in the last like few years especially during covid um it's really shifted to where it's like let's we're doing this like we're like mm. reading the bible together um and they're older now too and um and like i i it's uh, this project's helped um scripture really come to life for me. So now I have a vision for like bringing it to life for my kids. Um, mm, so them, yeah. do you, do they watch the videos with you? I mean, is that part of, you know, the, the um, Bible yeah. experience? For uh, them? They do not all of them. Cause we're not like, I mean, I probably should more now they're older. They're old enough. Now my wife does a lot more watch them mm -hmm. with them. Um, and then, but when we do like church time, um, we haven't been doing that. We just kind of just start reading Bible stories. Um, but, uh, yeah, I should, I should, <laughs> we should watch more of the videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to, they, they could have some really weird, like association with your voice in scripture. That could be really interesting as they get older. Right. Yeah. You know? Voice of God. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard a lot of families use them with their kids, even like at a pretty young age and we don't make them for kids but they land for kids. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I think, I th you know, the other thing I was going to ask, I think is, have you, is it, is it as a dad, has it 
changed how you feel about the importance of the Bible. Like as, as, as that is a struggle I think with my kids is how to engage them. And I think what you guys do so well, it's, it's one of my favorite things about what you do. And I think it shows the genius of what God has done with the Bible and what he's trying to achieve with it is it makes it so much more approachable, not just for me, but I think to John's point to kids, like, it's not like, I don't feel like you guys live in this ethereal thinking Mm -hmm. place where it's like, God lives up here. So kids, when you're 25, will elevator you up and then you get to hear all this cool stuff. You know, it's like, I think it's made it feel like the Bible. Oh yeah, this is something that is understandable and it's approachable and how you, especially the videos, you know, it doesn't feel like it's something that's like, you know, some you got to be careful with obviously, cause it's mm-hmm. a little more, you know, heady, but I think, um, uh, <laughs> John just said my completely, <laughs> my computer just completely shut off. So I'm going to go over there. <laughs> that's how close we live. Um, but I mean, is that something y'all, you're intentionally doing? Do y'all think about no. kids as y'all do that? Like, are, are, are you, as you're thinking about the stories, no. are you thinking about your kids and how that's going to, no, it's just um, do it and then yeah, hope it lands. It, we really, we really make them for adults. Um, but kids are s- totally smart and they, and they like can hang. <laughs> so um, and yes, uh, that's so true. And especially when, when you've got something a little bit more engaging, like multimedia kind of stuff. And, um, I think the thing is that, um, that the Bible for me, I'd, I kind of become, I, I'd come to a place where I knew the Bible was important and I still believed it was important, but I was like ready to give up on it. Even like I wanted to make a theology YouTube channel, but <clears throat> almost in spite of the Bible kind of like, cause I would come mm, to the Bible and wow. I would just like get confused and frustrated. And I was kind of given this like grid of like, here's the answers. Here's the answer sheet. Now go find it in the Bible. And I would go do that. And I'd be like, yeah, right, uh, right. I'm not seeing though. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> um, and, uh, or like, I would try to, you know, I watch other people and how they did it. And I was like, I think I get it. But then I'd read a chapter on my own and I'd be like, oh boy. Um, so I got to the point where I was like, I'm in for Jesus. The Bible's confusing. Confusing. I, I maybe don't need it. I could just have other people help me understand the right answers. And because um, other people get it. Yeah. And um, so I kind of call it becoming a post-Bible Christian. And what Bi- and what Bible Project became oh, wow. post Bible for me was an opportunity to really figure out how to engage with the Bible, not as not as a, yeah. a textbook um, or a reference book yeah, to kind yeah, of yeah. find the answers I'm looking yeah. for, but as literature, like literary yeah. art that wants to speak to me on its own terms. Yeah, and um, and yeah. that's deeply ingrained into our psyche is to appreciate beauty and art right whether yeah. it's music oh, that's so true. or it's that's stories or you know all these and kids get yeah. it immediately they get it and so yes i think yeah. part of the videos yeah. and it's um is when we're like connecting i biblical ideas visually like yeah that's the language that's just the human language that kids get yes. right away yes they get it, it without it having yeah. to be broken down um way. Is there, is there any thought for like doing something like that for them? And the, like, do y'all, I mean, are y'all doing any dreaming where it's like, we, we want to have like a kid's version of the, or like, you mm-hmm. know, like a youth Bible project or, 
I mean, is that is that something y'all sit and do? Where you're like, this is what we do, and we love it, and we're staying to it. Yeah. Tim will just look at me and goes, you know, the Bible's not really a kid's book. And um, <laughs> oh, what a great comment. <laughs> uh, and um, and then both of us don't really have a vision yeah. for that. Yeah. Like we're yeah, not yeah. like. Yeah. Um, however. I think it, I think there could be something really cool. We need to find the right person who's like I understand how kids think. I understand yeah. how to re, like more than what the videos they're doing. Like what's the other things? There's a lot of cool like homeschool co-op yeah that are using our material and they're doing cool things. We're trying to learn from them. And, yeah. Um, so I think we're circling around things. Um, also, part of our st- kind of strategic vision for Bible Project is that we don't become the curriculum builder for the church. Yeah, yeah. Like, we want to empower people who are doing, like, on-the-ground discipleship in their context to figure out how to contextualize things and build out more. Um, And so, there was someone on our staff who was just, like, the, like, the kids person. They got it, and they got what we're doing, and they wanted to do that. Like, I think we'd probably do something, but we just haven't figured that out yeah that's great by the way i'd like to introduce you to john again yeah john's back he's uh he's in your room now i'm back sorry about that guys yeah he i, told, ha- me I about, scheduled he told me about an update from button. my computer oh my gosh and it just, and it, just <laughs> it just aggressively started i didn't know it did that i was like try it says try in an hour and then my computer just shut down but you know this is the be beginning it computers are taking over. Computers are taking us over. So, dude, you have been so kind with your time. We have two questions that we ask before we release everybody back to the wild. Um, I'll ask the first one. What is the one thing you want your kids to know? Um, the one thing I want my kids to know. <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's just go with the image of God stuff. Like, I think mm. if they really understood that and believed that and that shaped their life, mm. that'd be huge. Yeah, that's beautiful. This is co-host again here. Co-host here. Last question. What is it that you want your kids to say at your funeral? Um, <laughs> We're not the Bible Project, but we've got two great questions. And that's them. You just got the second one. What do I want them to say? I want them just to sob. You know, just like <laughs> ugly, ugly cries. It's and then I want that to crescendo into like just everyone <laughs> ugly crying. <laughs> you know, just. And then they try to say something and it just nothing can. comes out. And then after about 30 minutes, everyone just goes home exhausted. So tired. So just, tired. <laughs> Just worn out. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, it's a great question because it really makes you think like, what, what should I be doing with my kids <laughs> even today? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, like yesterday, my, my kids are really into soccer and especially my younger one. And, um, dude, Sam, you're, you're, you're in the trust tree cause literally all of our children are soccer players. Yeah. So. And my younger one, we like in the basement, he just wants to like play one-on-one soccer yeah. in the basement, like all the time. 
and like maybe 10% of the time I actually want to do it. And, um, <laughs> and so like yesterday, like I just, I just was like, I don't know. I don't. Okay. Well, let's one time we'll play to 10. And then it, and then it was two times and then it was three times. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm so exhausted. But then, um, like, I'm glad that I rallied because mm. what else was I going to do? Like, yeah. I was going to just sit on the couch and, um, yeah, scroll on something. Not or... play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think, um, uh, I, I recently went on a, a backpacking trip with, um, uh, a few, a few people, a couple like two father sons who, and the oh, sons wow. were in college and the fathers were like maybe 10 years older than me. And we were hiking around the Wallala mountains here. And, um, they, uh, the relationship they had with their college sons were so cool. And like one, one in particular, like they just grew up backpacking together and just the relationship they had, you could tell was, was just like, they really were friends and mm. cared about each other. And when I was talking to this guy, he was like, yeah, you know, um, uh, and you've heard this before, like, it's not, it's not like quality time versus quality time. It's just quantity time. It's just like being around, being, being around, hanging out. Um, and so I don't know what I'd want them to say, but I'd want them to feel like I had a lot of time with my dad. Um, and we got to do a lot of things together and he was around, like I got to be around him a lot. Um, and, um, so maybe if they said that in a very kind of poetic way that just brought, you know, yes. awkward, yes. dry heaving, yeah. gasping you would for want air, them to Christ. create a video. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, well that would done. be the ultimate nod well to you done. out of respect. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what though? And I, I just want to say this quickly, cause I think uh, no one has ever said that by the way to do and I think that is something that I think is easy for me to underestimate. Just that, what you said, John, like that idea that like just time together has a way of communicating so much. Like I remember years ago hearing Stevie Wonder, which I know is a random quote, but he said, uh, the greatest gift you can give someone is your time. And I remember at the, even at, this is when I was probably in my 20s, but I remember thinking, God, that's a really it's a powerful thought that mm-hmm. when you're giving someone just your presence, that's, that's a huge gift because you could do so many other things. And I think it's a good reminder to me as you say that, that like, it's so true. It's such a beautiful thing that just being together, it doesn't not, not even saying something, but I think for our kids, cause I think about that with my parents, I'm like, you know, just being with them is so crazy. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost another thing. I just feel a whole different thing just sitting there like mm-hmm. for eating or we can be watching a soccer game, but it's like, we're being together and that's really powerful. You've chosen to give me your time, which is cool. I love that you said that. Nobody's ever said that. Um, thank you so much, dude. Yeah, thanks what for, a great, thanks for it was so, so fun chatting. Show. If we need uh, a drummer, we'll call you. It may be time to uh, take the sticks. Back yeah. Out. If you're ever in Portland and you're like, Oh, we need a drummer. <laughs> just bat signal me in. Um, I will be there. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be the signal. It won't be the bat. It'll be the signal of two cro- sticks and a cross, like two drumsticks. Just send me, yeah, just send me a drum set emoji and, <laughs> and then like drop a pen. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Dude, thank you so much for your all time. Right, yeah. So much. Dead fish.